Praise God. Praise God. Gracious and eternal Father, we say thank you. Thank you, Father, for another opportunity, Father, to hear your word. I'm asking you that you touch everybody that's watching now in the name of Jesus, Father God. I'm asking you, Father God, that you remove anything that any hindrance from their mind, Father God, anything of opposition on them hearing your word, Father. And I'm asking that you use me mightily, Father God. Remove me out of the way, Father God, and, and let me say the word that you have spoken to me in Christ Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good evening. Mount Moriah, Facebook friends and family. This evening, before I get into the word for my Mount Moriah family, I would like to uh, make an announcement. The Holy Spirit, for a while now, has placed a ministry on my heart. I talked to my, my spiritual father, Pastor Cyril Grayson, and the name of the ministry is going to be called Triune Outreach Ministry. Triune Outreach Ministry. Now, this is not a separation from Mount Moriah. This is an extension. Notice what I said. This is not a separation because we have to be mindful. Uh, we can't get in the mindset is that God don't want you to go out. The thing that, that happens is, so people, so many people get in a mindset is what they leave, they want to leave their home behind. But you don't leave your home behind, you just extend your home wherever you're going. So I will be extension of Mount Moriah. Uh, the first broadcast, or the broadcast will be at 11 o'clock on Sundays. Beginning on the 26th, that's this Sunday, uh, at 11 o'clock. So I can hear the uh, service, my, my pastor, my spiritual father, before I'm able to, to preach and teach the word of God. We have to understand, we, we always have to take care of home first. Before we even go out, even when Jesus went out, he always found a way to come home and bless his people. Amen? The scripture that I want to look at, it comes from Psalms 90 and 12. It's almost like I have a word before the word and a lesson before the lesson. The word says, teach me to number my days and apply my heart to wisdom. Psalms 90 and 12. Teach me to number my days and apply my heart to wisdom. Now, if you don't look deeper into this scripture, this scripture might have you to think about mortality or your demise or, or oh Lord I don't want to talk about my demise I don't want, when you talk about number of your days you, you you fall into the sense of that time is running out but here this scripture means so much first the scripture says teach me in order to be taught you have to listen in order to be taught you have to listen. I can't have my own mindset and the Holy Spirit is trying to teach me, but yet I don't listen. And it says, teach me to number my days. Now, what actually does it mean to number your days? It kind of slows things down for you when you have the mindset and say, Lord, I'm going to number my days. So therefore, instead of getting into this rat race of life, I'm going to number my days and I'm going to allow you to teach me 
and apply wisdom to my heart. Three things are happening right here in this scripture. First, you're asking the Holy Spirit. You're asking the Father to teach me. That means that I'm, I'm open. I'm open to hear you. I incline my ear to what you have to say to me. I'm not getting caught up with all the distractions and, and everything that surrounded me. I'm not getting caught up with that because I know I have to make room. I know I have to make time and move everything over so I can hear your voice. Teach me, teach me. And it says to number my days. I got to slow things down. People of God in our lives, we could be moving so fast that time is just is wasted and time is just, we wonder, then the saying is, we wonder where the time went. Where did the time go? But did you teach, did you ask the Father to teach me the number of my days? Every day, you should be thinking about, Lord, what would you have me to do today? Lord, what is your will for today? Because if I open myself and ask God for that, the Holy Spirit for that, then I have to listen and he tells me what he needs me to do for that day. And it says, and apply my heart to wisdom. Now how can I apply my heart to wisdom? How can I apply my heart to wisdom? That means I'm using, I'm applying God's word to my life, which is wisdom. I'm applying God's word with his wisdom to my life. So I want you to make this declaration, people of God. I want you to put this, put this in your heart. Psalms 90 and 12. And every morning, every morning when you arise, before you, after you say thank you, Lord, for giving me another day, you need to say, teach me to number my days, Father, and apply my heart to wisdom. Because the thing about it is when you ask in the Holy Spirit to teach me, you're saying that you don't know everything. Do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all that you do, and he will give you direction. People of God, I'm asking you to apply this scripture to your life. Now, the second lesson. I hate to jump on y'all. I hope, I hope y'all got it, but I'm just flowing with the Holy Spirit right now. I hate to jump around with y'all, but, but the thing about it, I got to give, give it to me as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance. Breaking the spirit of procrastination. Breaking the spirit of procrastination. Now, the definition of procrastination is actively delaying progress. Actively delaying progress. So many times in our lives, the Lord has given us a direction and a directive, but we get so caught up in our mind that we get stuck. See, why I call it the, a spirit of procrastination is because the spirit of procrastination job is to hold you in stagnation when God has given you a destination. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. 
steal your vision, kill your prophecy, and get you caught up in your mind to where you can't move. The spirit of procrastination, main job, is to hold you in stagnation when God has given you a destination. It gets your mind caught up on probability instead of responsibility and possibility. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. It gets your mind caught up on probability instead of responsibility and possibility. Now what I mean about probability, get your mind caught up on probability, it means that what if? The if, if then scenario. If I do this, then this is gonna happen. What if I do this and this not gonna happen? We get so caught up in our mind with the probability of something. See, when we try to get in the probability instead of the possibility, we get in God's business. And that's the one thing you don't want to do, people of God. You don't want to get in God's business. God has given you a directive and a direction, and he wants you to move. Because when procrastination comes, if you sit in procrastination long enough, it will turn into disobedience. I'm going to say it again. If you sit in procrastination long enough, it will turn into disobedience. Now, remember our definition said that procrastination is an active decision. It's active. Don't think just because you're not moving, it's not action. You have made the, the active thought that I'm going to remain right here even though the Holy Spirit has given me utterance and the Holy Spirit has given me an unction to move, but I'm not sure enough. I don't have enough faith to stamp out, step out and move like the Holy Spirit requires me to move. It's a short time before procrastination turns into disobedience. Now we ask the, the question, and we, we've all been at fault for it, we ask the question, why do we procrastinate? Number one is fear. Anytime, see, faith, if everything is given to you, if the Lord tell you to move, and you waiting on everything to be given to you before you move, that's not faith. That's not faith. We have to look at, at Peter. We have to look at Peter when Jesus said, come on and walk. Come to me, Peter. You got to realize they have other people in the boat with Peter, other disciples in the boat with Peter. But see, Jesus had enough faith in Peter, but Peter had enough faith in himself, but he took his eye off of it. And when he took his eye off it, he started to sink. But the important part, <laughs> it was attainable. It happened. It was attainable. See, when things become attainable to us, we get more confidence. See, we have to be put in that situation to where we have no other choice but to depend on God. And when God comes through like he will, we're able to make it attainable and tangible for us. But when it's something new that you're doing, you get, you get scared. It's a lot, of, a lot of you out there that's watching now that God has placed something in your belly. He has placed a gift in your belly. But you're asking yourself, minute, God, you, you want to you show you want to use me? 
God, you sure I can do this? I don't have enough money to do this. I don't have enough experience to do this. What we're saying, what God's gift is not good enough for us. But we have to have faith in what God gave to us because when he gave us something, he gave us the grace to be able to fulfill it. I'm going to say that again. When God gives you something, when God gives you a gift, he gives you enough grace to be able to fulfill that gift. And I'm going to say one more thing. That gift is not for you. For who? A lot of people think, they think when God gives you a gift, it's just for you. No, it's not for you. It's for the people of God. It's for the body of Christ. We have to repent when we've used our gift for ourselves instead of the body of Christ. Yes, you're going to reap the benefits of your gift. Yes, you are. But the thing about it, your gift, we can't, we can't get confused with that. Our gift is for the body of Christ. To establish the body of Christ. Let me put this in this perspective. Suppose you have a gift and you have something that somebody has been asking God for and been praying for, but just because you so reserve in your gift, you delay their blessing. I want you to think about that. When we get so uh, unsure of ourselves that we can't do what God asks us to do. Think about we holding up somebody else's blessing because the Holy Spirit works through people. The Holy Spirit works through people. The Holy Spirit uses vessels. We have to understand that the reason why Jesus came down is so he could be used as a vessel. And when Jesus went up to the right hand of the Father, he said, I will intercede for you because he understands you have an assignment to do and you have to be used by him. So if I'm in procrastination, then procrastination leads to disobedience. And somebody has been making petitions for the Holy Spirit, making petitions to God. I don't, I don't care what it is, it might be a healing. It might be a financial blessing. It might be to pray for their loved one. It, it might be any pray for their marriage. Any, any gift that God has given you, and you hold it to yourself, you are holding up somebody else's blessing. We have to put our, our, our mind in it because the thing about it is, is that it's meant for us to extend. It's meant for us to extend. See, the body of Christ has, has become selfish to where we preach into ourselves instead of preaching to the world. We've been preaching to ourselves instead of preaching to the world. We have to get out of that. The main thing the Holy Spirit came to do is to witness. The Holy Spirit, You, when you are endowed with the Holy Spirit, he has empowered you to witness. That means everybody is a minister. Everybody is a minister in the word of God. If you are a blood-washed believer, I guarantee you the Lord has allowed something to happen into your life to where you have a testimony and something that you have been delivered from, no matter what it is, 
that can be a testimony to somebody else. And then you can be able to teach them. Notice what I said, teach them out of the situation. Teach them, not condemn them. Teach them out of the See, we have to be taught out of the situation. We have to be taught out of the situation. Our main obligation, yes, is to save souls. But once they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is, is the Lord and Savior, and he died and was risen and sitting at the right hand of the Father, then what after that? How can I keep them saved? It's just like somebody's been delivered from evil spirits. And you are able, the Lord gave you the ability to deliver them and cast out demons in them. So what after that? How do you keep the demons out? What are you putting in them? The, the word says that the, demon, the, 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 the demons find the, the house swept and the house clean. But seven more worse than once before came back in because nothing was put on the inside of him. So that's why it's important for us after we save a soul, it has to come to a point that we teach. We have to teach, teach. They said Jesus taught. This is the only way we're going to equip the body of Christ. It's through teaching. So tonight, we're setting ourselves free from the spirit of procrastination. We know what the spirit of procrastination is. We know how it hinders our life. We know how it delays, delays not on only our blessing, but others' blessing too. So when the Lord has given you a vision, when the Lord has given you an unction to move, don't second guess yourself. Do not second guess yourself. If the Holy Spirit say move, you move. Because we don't want to get in the mindset of disobedience. Because what the Holy Spirit will do, just don't think you're the only one the Holy Spirit can use. The Holy Spirit will take that gift from you and give it to somebody else. Because you're not being a good steward of the gift that has been given to you. So we have to be mindful of that. We have to be mindful of that tonight. Breaking the spirit of procrastination. Right now in the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, right now we break the spirit of procrastination. Right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we will listen to you. We will obey you, Father God. Wherever you tell us to go, Father, we will go, Father God. Whatever you tell us to move out the way, we will move out the way, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. We break it right now in the name of Jesus. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. We plead the blood of Jesus over our destination. See, we, we got to plead the blood of Jesus over our destination because sometimes the enemy comes to try to make you stumble. See, the thing about it, what God gives you, what God gives you, you got to pray for it. You got to pray for what God gives you. And this might help somebody. This might help somebody tonight. If you have been given a prophecy over your life by a true man of God. You, the prophecy doesn't meet you. You meet the prophecy. 
The prophecy doesn't meet you. You meet the prophecy. But let me explain further. So many times when a prophetic word has been placed over our life, we get anxious and we try to make things happen. Let me tell you something tonight. God does not need any help. All God is saying, do, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing and you're going to run into your prophecy. You remember when Jesus told Peter, when a cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. Peter didn't look for it, but Peter walked right into it. Peter didn't look for it. He walked right into it. When Jesus had to go to Calvary, he knew what he had to do. Jesus wasn't looking for it, but he walked right into it. See, you walk right into your prophecy. So whoever's out there getting anxious about the prophecy that's been placed on you, and it might be a grand prophecy that's been placed on your life, I'll tell you right now, keep doing what you're doing. God doesn't need any help. You're going to walk directly into your prophecy. You're going to walk directly into your prophecy. Hmm. As I close, as I close tonight, go to Luke, Luke 5. This, this truly blessed me. Luke 5. Starting at, starting at verse, verse 1. This was what happened. Jesus just got through preaching. I'm going to paraphrase. And there were two boats that the men were out fishing all day. And then they didn't catch anything. So the two boats, they docked, and both of the men were washing their nets. And then Jesus walked up on Simon then, boat, who is now Peter, walked on Simon's boat. And he said, take me here. Simon did not say the word. Jesus got on a boat. Said, can I use your boat? Jesus went and preached on the boat. And after Jesus preached on the boat, he turned to Simon Peter and said, go a little bit further and cast your net. And Peter Simon said, Lord, we've been out here all day. They, I, I, I didn't have any luck. But if you say, I'm obeying you and I'm going to cast out. And when they cast out, they filled up the net with fish until the net broke. I'm telling you right now that Jesus is asking to use your boat. Jesus is asking to use your boat. But notice what Peter did. <laughs> Jesus is asking to use your boat. But Jesus didn't have a, Peter didn't have a, a rebuttal. Simon didn't have a rebuttal until Jesus told him to cast the net out. <laughs> Some of you have said, yes, use me, Father. Use me. And the Father has used you. Now he's trying to bless you, but he can't bless you because you're arguing with him. He can't bless you because you're arguing with him. He's trying to bless you. Just do what the Father says. He's trying to bless you. He wants to bless you. 
You have got over to the point. You said I was out there. Lord, I, I've been out there all day. I know you, Jesus, know you are professional in whatever you're doing. But instead, you was the captain of the ship. Now, Jesus is saying, let me be a captain of your ship. Because anything that you do for me, I'm going to bless you. But when I try to bless you, don't argue with me. Don't argue. If I tell you to cash your net, and I don't care if you have been out there all night, whatever you're doing, what job you got, what business that you had in the past, what, what, what decision you made in the past, Jesus is saying, cash your net. Now I'm asking you tonight, are you going to argue with Jesus? Or are you just going to cash your net? The hardest thing has been, has been done. You allow Jesus to use you. You allow Jesus to use your boat, which is nothing symbolism but a vessel. You allow Jesus to use your boat. You allow the Holy Spirit to use your boat. But now he's trying to bless you. It might be the same, that's a lesson learned, the same thing you tried to do on your own and failed. When you got Jesus aboard, Things are shift and change. Things are shift and change. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, thank you, Father God, for this word tonight, Father God, that you was enabling me, use me as a vessel, Father God, to impart it to your people. Thank you, Father God. Let them be blessed by the word that you have given them, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we break the spirit of procrastination in the name of Jesus. Father God, we incline our ear to you, Father, for, for every decision we have to make, Father, in the name of Jesus. We looking towards you to direct us, Father. We not relying on our own understanding, Father. We acknowledging you in all our ways in the name of Jesus, Father. In Christ Jesus' mighty name. Amen.